Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Thank you for joining us this morning, and for those of you who are watching online, we're very glad to have you with us as well. So let's take a moment to greet one another. If you're here on site, you can turn to someone around you and give them a wave, give them a smile. If you're online, you can type into the chat, um, and our moderators will be there to respond to comments during, in the chat. So um, as we prepare our hearts for worship, I don't know how your week has been. Maybe it's been a good week. Maybe it's been a rough week. I invite you to just um, lay that aside for a moment and still your hearts as in the next hour or so we can turn our attention to God and to God's love for us. So I invite you to rise in body or in spirit and join me in the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow, we follow the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We, we trust, trust the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We, we are, are fed, fed by, by the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We live, we live in, in the, the shepherd's, shepherd's care. care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May, May we, we dwell, dwell in the, the house, house of goodness, goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. So I invite you to remain standing. And we have our amazing and awesome worship team up here with us. So let's join our hearts and voices together in a time of worship. Good morning, church. Let's start today's worship by a passage. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not feel faint. And like David said, whether you came from a week that made you weary, weighed you down, or you're just generally weary about the week ahead, just remember that our God is the one that knows us, the one that calls us by name and takes us as we are, the God who loves us no matter what, the one who breathes life into our dry bones, takes our weary heart, makes it beat again. Beat with fire, beat with passion. So let our hearts reflect this passion. Let us rise and let our thousands and thousands of hallelujahs be heard by the one and only God. You can take my dry bones, breathe life into it. 
You can take my dry bones Breathe life into this skin You call me by name You raise me to life again You can calm the oceans Speak peace into my soul Take me as I am Awaken my heart to beat again Oh, oh Jesus Oh, oh Jesus Oh, oh Jesus Alive in me You set the captives free As I stand and sing You're breaking the chains of me
Who else would rocks cry out to worship? Whose Rory taught the stars to shine? Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing. But this joy is mine. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more who else would die for our redemption whose resurrection means our There isn't time enough to sing of all you've done, but I have eternity to try. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand Sing for 
be seated. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mark, and I'll be leading prayer for today. Uh, can I invite everyone to close your eyes and prepare ourselves for prayer? As we close our eyes, may I invite you to rest in the presence of God. Please take your time to experience a few cycles of breathing and develop a sense of the space around you and the arms of God embracing you with fatherly tenderness and motherly love. Gracious God, you see what we do not see. We look at appearances, but you look at the heart. We look at the shortcomings and failures in ourselves and others, but you you look at the heart. We strive for achievements, possessions, and the praise of others. But you, you look at the heart. Regardless of who we are, we are your chosen people, children of God, beloved, set apart and blessed with your divine image imprinted on our hearts. We give thanks to you for calling us to be your people, drawing us close to you guiding us, teaching us, instructing us with your spirit 
and your word each day of our lives. We give thanks for your unconditional love that surrounds us and embraces us and the knowledge that with each new day that begins is also a chance to start anew. Gracious God, forgive us for the times we do not see, for the times we are more like the Pharisee than the man born blind and whose eyes Jesus opened. Gracious God, you yearn so lovingly for us to see and recognize and receive your blessings, your transformative, all-embracing love. But our hearts often fear. We often fear the future, the unknown, and all that we imagine. and all that has happened. Our history, our past memories, and the ups and downs that we still live and relive each day of our lives. Gracious God, fill us with your grace. A grace that is strong, but tender. A voice that is soft, but clear. Grant us clarity of your will in our lives. Grant us freedom from fear and the blindness that comes from fear. Fill us with the courage, Lord, so that we have what it takes to watch each day of our lives as disciples of Christ, as individuals, and walking together also as a community. And may we, in doing so, experience the liberating joy of doing your will and being your children, bearing witness to your light in this world today. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we'll be using Menti today, and I think that I see a few faces that I'm not familiar with. Maybe you're a newcomer. Uh, Menti is an uh, application uh, that, um, you can, that we, are, we use so that we create an interactive sermon in a way um, that uh, you respond to some of the questions I ask and we construct the sermon together as we reflect on what I say. So how do you get on? You can scan the QR code um, or you can go to fcc.ly slash mentee and you'll be um, brought to the 
um, the mentee straight away. Um, and you can follow along the slides. And, uh, and when the questions come up, you can type in your answers. Okay? So give you some time to um, go to mentee and get ready. You know, this is one of the odd churches where we invite you to take out your phones and use your phones during the sermon. Right? Um, of course, you can be browsing something else, but uh, you know, I wouldn't know. Let us pray. God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. May, may you open our eyes and open our minds in the process. Amen. So today, I'm going to be talking about sin. But before I start, I want to say a little, have a little preface. There is use of language that comes from a place of privilege as a person myself, who is not visually impaired. And so, because uh, this passage today talks about blindness, I hope people who are visually impaired, who hear this message, um, will come from a place of generosity and forgiveness as well, if, um, the, um, you know, because of the language that is being used. Okay. So, to start off, I've been told very often that we don't talk a lot about sin at FCC, Right? And I think that it's important to understand why we don't talk so much about sin because we often frame it in a different way, right? We don't use the word sin, um, but we use things like brokenness, right? But I want to say first, sin is a very loaded word. Many of us have been bludgeoned, cut, bashed, harmed by that word. And one song comes to my mind, and this song shows my age, um, it's a sin. Pet Shop Boys. I just realized that talking about Pet Shop Boys today is like when I was growing up, when I was listening to Pet Shop Boys, my parents talking about Beatles. Yeah. That's, this song is 1987, right? Uh, it's a sin by Pet Shop Boys. And it starts off with, when I look back upon my life, it's always with a sense of shame. I've always been the one to blame. For everything I long to do, no matter when or where or who, has one thing in common too. It's a, it's a, it's a sin. I'm not going to sing the song, okay? <laughs> uh, everything I've ever done, everything I ever do, every place I've ever been, everywhere I'm going to, it's a sin. So back when I was in Premier 6, when this song came out, 1987, uh, uh, this song, It's a Sin, was considered by people, some people, to be satanic. Right? They even have an acronym, you know, Pet Shop Boys is actually an acronym uh, for something, right? Um, I wouldn't say it. And I wonder if people still do. And I think that they missed the point of the song. This song is a critique of the religious education that Neil Tennant received at the Catholic secondary school that he went to. And I've experienced some of that too, growing up. Pop music is satanic. Dungeons and Dragons is satanic. It's like everything I've ever done, everything I ever do is a sin. You know, a lot of things cannot do. And in an interview in 2019, Neil Tennant said people took it really seriously. The song was written in 15 minutes and it was intended to be a camp joke and it wasn't something I consciously took very seriously. And sometimes I wonder if there's more to it than I thought at that time. The local parish priest in Newcastle delivered a sermon on it and reflected on how the church has changed from the promise of ghastly hell 
to the message of love. So the song really made someone, at least a parish priest, think about how church is to people. Maybe it has an impact, you know, that when we keep calling things, it's a sin, it's a sin, it's a sin, how will it affect people? So often the word sin is used in a way that's not helpful for us. And those who use the word have decided consciously or unconsciously that they get to label what is sin and they're able to judge others through that. And I wonder if some of you experience that. Recently, there's a lot of brouhaha going on in the US about drag queens. Drag queens and transgender people have been targeted by conservatives and extremist, extreme far-right groups uh, amid a rise in anti-LGBTQ hate. But drag has been with us for a long, long time. And drag has been pretty acceptable. In Singapore, we have Kuma, we have Liang Popo, that's drag, okay? And then in the mid-90s, we have the really gay, the Avengers of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the movie. Ew, I, I, I did two of the same, never mind, a mistake. And also the other show, To Wong Fu, uh, thanks for everything, Love, Julie Numa with Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze in drag. And then, there was also the more friend, family-friendly, more wholesome, you think about that, movies. Uh, in 1982, we have Tootsie, and uh, in 1993, we have Mrs. Doubtfire, featuring Dustin Hoffman and the late Robin Williams in drag. So drag has been around for a while, right? Um, and acceptable. And now, people think it's a problem. It's a sin. Well, let me tell you that drag is possibly here in the Bible too. You know the coat of many colours that Jacob gave Joseph? You know, that from the musical, that amazing Technicolor dream coat. Well, very drag, huh? you know, very rainbow. Huh? Well, a coat of many colours could be one possible interpretation. In Hebrew, the coat is called ketonet pasim. And often, you know, in translation of the Bible, they'll have a footnote there saying, the meaning of the Hebrew for this word is uncertain. Well, that is only half the truth. Because this footnote leaves out that there is another place, Ketanot Pasim, appears. And it appears in 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 18. There was, she was wearing, Tamar, um, David's daughter, was wearing an ornate robe. For this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the king wore. The word ornate is ketonet pasim. It appears to me that the translators of the text cannot entertain the possibility that it was a dress that Jacob gave his son Joseph, a princess dress. Because it's a sin. Because that's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy, right? A woman must not wear men's clothing, and a man, nor a man wears women's clothing, for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. But what if the prohibition is something that people came up with because it was just a social cultural norm at the time? Just like in Leviticus 19, verse 28, you shall not make gashes in your flesh for the dead or incise any marks on yourself was a prohibition against tattooing because that was the norm of the time. And now, you know, getting tattoos are quite the norm. I've seen lots of pastors having tattoos, right? 
And I mean, when you think about it, what's considered women's clothing in one culture may be men's clothing in another. What's the difference between a Scottish kilt and a skirt? Right? We need to understand when people label things as sin, and we need to get some clarity. And I want to go through today the lectionary passage from John chapter 9. And it's a very long passage uh, because it's reading the whole chapter. And I was thinking whether I can take some bits out, but I can't. I want to invite you to pay attention to, really pay attention to, what people say about sin. Because there are many characters in, in, in this passage, right? John chapter 9, verse 1 to 41. 40. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must work the works of God who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. There he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am he. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. There I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such a sign? And they were divided. And they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked him, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is now that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah will be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. 
And so for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. What do, why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to be his, become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Not since the world began had it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins. Are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that he had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. So I ask you just now to listen out for what people said about sin in the passage. So this is your opportunity to keen what you heard or what you picked up. What did people say about sin in this passage? Right? Listening comprehension. We used to do that in primary school, but I don't know whether they still do that now. What did people say about sin in this passage? It's pretty significant because many people said many things about sin. And I, when I was reading through it again, I realized, oh, I missed this part. I missed this part. I didn't pay attention to all the details, right? Violation of the law on the surface. Born with it. Born with sin. A sinful person cannot heal. Disability is a punishment for sin for oneself or one's parents. Mm -hmm. Something you have done or your ancestors done. Sin is inborn. Was it that he sinned, that's why he was born blind? If you sin, you're forsaken by God. If you're different, that's sin. Sin because you believe the wrong things, only Moses counts. If someone sinned, they cannot heal. Yeah, someone, People who sin cannot perform miracles based on their assumptions, yes. Sickness and it's generational. Blindness isn't a sin. Well, that's what Jesus said, right? God doesn't listen to sinners. It's punishing. Blind man was born in sin, implying the Pharisees were not. Um, anything they don't understand could be sin. Easy to say people have sinned. Never look at own self, yeah. That's very true. Even for ourselves, right? Yeah. Very good. Thank you. 
I'll give you a little summary of the points that I picked out, right? Thank you for your responses. Uh, the disciples asked Jesus, this man was born blind. So was it this man or the parents who sinned? The, that's their assumption. They were asking a question, but that's what they learned. The Pharisees said, you know, how can a man who is sinner perform such signs? The healed man said, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. And the Pharisees, you know, in response, you know, being angry at him because he, this man dared to challenge their authority, right? You were born entirely. Father James Martin writes reflections every week. Right? And he wrote this, Jesus' clear answer is also important for all those who have been told or who themselves believe that their suffering, physical illness especially, is the result of some sin they have committed. Even the most devout among us can be tempted to conclude that suffering, when suffering befalls us, we are being punished. God must hate me we think. All this thinking, Jesus resoundingly rejects. No one sin. That's something that we need to open our eyes to today. No one sin. We need, when we, and we need to go into the details here. It will appear that the Pharisees, right, and seeing themselves as the experts in the law, God's law, were stuck in their rigid adherence. They were so obsessed with Jesus breaking the Sabbath law, they cannot accept that a man who has been born blind been healed. They had to keep asking and wouldn't believe whatever he says anyway. Just, and then, this is the very, very funny part when I was reflecting, they called Jesus a sinner. Because by their definition, Jesus broke the Sabbath law, so Jesus was a sinner. Lah. But that's quite right, right? Sometimes, isn't sin defined as breaking the law in some ways? Especially God's law? Hmm. Start to think a little bit about that. Huh? I think that just like the folks who think Pet Shop Boys is satanic, Drag queens reading to children are, in libraries are grooming children. These people are blinded by their own expertise in what God wants, what God approves of, what is the law, and so that they judge what is sin and who is a sinner. 
But Jesus revealed something very different. And very interestingly, Jesus could have just said the word and the man would be healed. In this situation, it's different. Jesus spat in the ground and mixed his saliva and made mud. You see, Jesus didn't just heal on the, on the Sabbath here. He purposely broke the Sabbath law as he healed. This verse maybe doesn't stand out for you. It says, Now it is a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. You might think, you know, oh, okay, Lord. But the word made the mud and the emphasis on making mud in this passage, in this chapter, in John chapter 9, is telling us something. If we are familiar with Sabbath law, then we'll know what is forbidden on the Sabbath. Mixing two materials to produce another material is considered work and is not allowed on the Sabbath. That is why the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. He does not observe the Sabbath. He purposely broke the law. Richard Raw says, the great traditions always call people on a journey of faith to keep changing. There's no other way this human personality can open up to all that God is asking of us. There's no way we can open up to all we have to learn, all we have to experience, unless, unless we are willing to let go of the idols of yesterday and the idols of today the best protection from the next word of God is the last word of God. We take what we heard from God last year and we build a whole system around it and then we sit there for the rest of our lives. The best protection from the next word of God is the last word of God. Lent is the season of repentance and repentance it's about change. This is the season to confront our sins and change. But what really is sin? You know, to sin isn't about just breaking rules and the law, as we have read, right? By definition, breaking the rule, breaking the law makes you a sinner. But Jesus purposely broke the law, what? But Jesus isn't a sinner, right? I don't think any of us will think Jesus is a sinner ever. He is the one without sin. Sin then is anything that separates us from God and being fully alive and aligned with God's will. Sin can be our unwillingness to let go of what we cling on to for false security. Sin can be our ego. Sin can even be our inaction and indifference. Not doing anything can be a sin too. And to be aligned with God's will then requires us to discern. For me, the limits test of what is not sin and what is aligned with God is the question, is this loving? And loving not in the way I understand love, huh? Because sometimes when we think about love, 
And how we describe love, I love you so you must do whatever I tell you to do. That isn't love. You know. Love, and the love, how I define loving, is life-giving. It's justice-seeking. And it's lifting people up. And the, real, the reality is, we all fall short. We all sin. And this acknowledgement is the beginning, the beginning of repentance. As we repent, we turn towards God so that we are back in alignment with God. Richard Raw writes, repent doesn't mean to beat ourselves up or to feel bad about ourselves. You know, the opening line from Pet Shop Boys is a sin. It's, you know, it's always with a sense of shame, right? When we are told it's a sin, it's a sin, we live with this feeling of shame. And that's why we don't talk much about sin here in FCC. Not in that way, right? We talk about brokenness. Because shame is not helpful. It's not a helpful space to, place to start on our journey. Repent, or metanoia in Greek, means to turn around, to change. And this is the first words to come out of Jesus' mouth after his 40 days in the desert. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. The first word that comes out of Jesus' mouth is change. Be willing to change. So I want to invite you to think what in your life right now that God is inviting you to change? And this might not be an easy question. You might feel like you're ambushed. I suddenly I ambush you and there's a question. Oh, I didn't... Con- oh, sorry. Yes, this is the one. Yes. What is God inviting you to change? I will share a little bit about what God is inviting me to change. God invited me to change from my judgmental attitude. I normally have a very uh, short or very little patience for um, procedures and processes that, are really, that really don't make sense, right? Um, because um, I'm, I came from a um, logistics background and you know, systems and processes was kind of my, my area, and so when things don't operate in a certain way, I get very um, annoyed, frustrated. So uh, a couple of days ago, when I went to visit someone in NUH, I got a little, I got a little of that um, because I did not know the person's full name. They require me to have this person's full name so that I can go up. I have the bed number, the ward and the bed number, and the surname. And of course, I know this person by the name that uh, they like me to use, right? Some of you might have a Christian name, but it's not in your IC. So same case for this person, right? So I was stuck there, and the person at the count, the, 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 the admin staff at the counter at NUH was like, you know, cannot. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I just visited this person of, you know, a few weeks ago in Ng Ting Fong, and in Ng Ting Fong General Hospital, they accept just having the surname and the bit, uh, ward and bit number, right? Uh, and then, 
the admin staff just look at me and go, you know the address? Then I'm like, I want to, to say, you know, how many friends do you know and know their full address? I aga aga can tell you where this person lives, lah, you know. This person lives in, in, in the west part of Singapore, lah, but exactly the, which block number, what postal code, I have no idea. But then, because of a journey that I've been through, I learned to be less judgmental and less and be more patient. So I took a deep breath and go like, it's okay. It's okay. And I, I stepped away and I, I called, um, you know, I called the friend up and I go uh, and tried to, you know, get, get the name right. Then once I have a name, I go out already, right? But of course, uh, when you're in hospital, you want to turn your phone to silence so that you don't disturb other patients. So um, the call wasn't picked up. So I just went, it's okay. I'll just wait 10 minutes. And if this person doesn't call me back, I'll just go home. Lah. You know, I'll make a wasted trip. It's fine. But he, um, he did call me back, and so I did go up. But in that process, I realized that I had been more patient. I would have, in the past, raised my voice and kicked out big fuss and go like, how illogical is this? This is not a requirement by the government. I can give you the ward and bed number to exactly where. I can give you the surname, and you cannot let me in. But I just held back. And I think that's growth for me, <laughs> at the very least, right? You know, I wonder, to heal from your trauma, um, let me read some of your answers. Your habits and your outlook for the future. Yes, don't be afraid of the future. Don't keep thinking of the you know, catastrophic, you know, like, oh, everything going to go haywire. Trust, trust in God. Trust that you, see, everything will be okay, you know. Um, God is inviting you to change your partner. Oh, I hope that I can walk with you and we can walk with you on this journey. I hope that things can work out, right? Um, my closeted behavior into a coming out behavior, and that's a journey. Hmm? Patience, justice, and lifting life up, yes. Deriving too much of my worth from identity uh, and identity from work, yes. You are beloved. You are the beloved not based on what job you have, how much you earn how your performance appraisal is this year or last year, you are worthy. Change your nar narrative, attitude towards marriage and singleness and love, yes. Thank you. Thank you for your answers. Letting go of, last, of previous hurts, being, becoming more forgiving, anger management, more open communication, yes, this is solely in line with me. Um, too focused on money, yeah, fo being focused on money means that we don't trust God. Right? We trust only ourselves. We trust to, that we, can, we are the ones in control, but really, we are not. Uh, take action on things that matter. Think about how we can bridge relationships with Christian fundies. Uh, well, I think the first thing would, I would invite you to do is to not use the word fundies. Because once we do that, we, 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 characterize, we stereotype them in a way. Right? And I think that that's a journey. Because that's the word I'll use in the past. Right? Maybe, just, maybe six months ago, I'll still use that word. But my journey is starting to recognize that they too are human. They too have their own struggles. And they too can teach me something. Right? Follow God's plan and not my plan. Thank you. Thank you for your answers and joining me in this reflection. Richard Ross says, People who are not willing to change, are not willing to turn away from themselves. You know, repent is turn towards God and what you're turning away from. You know, 
He's inviting us to turn away from ourselves. What we are in love with usually is not God. Well, in love with our way of thinking, our way of explaining, our way of doing. And one of the greatest ways to protect ourselves from God and to protect ourselves from truth and grace is simply buy into some kind of cheap conventionalism and call it tradition. So it's an invitation for us to let go of what may be unhelpful and what we might have been taught are the rules. But to really return back to asking the question, is this loving? And, oh, sin isn't just an individual issue. The things that separate us from God and being fully alive and aligned with God's will are usually not on an individual and personal level. They are usually on the communal and societal level. Sin affects our communities and our world. We see sin in poverty, injustice, violence, exploitation, discrimination, environmental destruction. These are all sin. And these things happen not on an individual level, but on a much larger scale. We Christians are called to work towards justice and mercy in the world, to change the world, to turn the world around. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. We turn the world around so that the kingdom of God is manifested. There's so much that divides us, including those who may not agree with our stance on LGBTQ, those who might not share our values or beliefs, that division is sin. Let us open our eyes and our minds and be aware of our biases and prejudices so that we are not blinded by them like some of the Pharisees and so that we can see what God is doing through others, even the ones that we usually don't think God is working through, even those that we might think are sinners, But, well, we're all sinners, right? Even the people who may hold different beliefs and values from us, even those who condemn us. So we don't reduce them to two-dimensional stereotypes and see that they too have something to teach us. We go through the season of Lent every year because we are always a work in progress and we need to continue to acknowledge our brokenness and the brokenness of the world and the need for our continuous effort to repent, to turn around so that we are more and more aligned with God. And through this process of turning around, of repentance, we die to sin We die to what separates us from God. We die to what separates us from each other and become a new creation through the resurrection power of the Christ. I have asked the worship team to sing the hymn for everyone born in response today. 
It is an invitation for us to participate in what God is doing. For God will delight when we are creators of justice and joy, compassion and peace. Yes, God will delight when we are creators of justice, justice and joy. Amen. May I invite you to stand and join the worship team in the, reson- uh, the hymn in response. at the table for everyone born clean water and bread a shelter a space a safe place for growing for everyone born a star God will delight when we are creators of justice and joy, compassion and peace. Yes, God will delight when we are creators of justice, justice and joy. Creators of justice 
and joy, compassion and peace. God will delight when we are creators of justice. Justice and joy. at the table to live without fear and simply to be to work to speak out to weakness and worship for the everyone song. Good morning, everyone. Let's prepare our hearts for Holy Communion now. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When we, you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. All together, please. Surely, Surely goodness, goodness and mercy, mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We offer, we offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us, Lead us in, in right paths, that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares a table for us. 
offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our shepherd knows us as no one else can, restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Will the stewards please come forward to distribute the elements? Those who are watching us online, can you please prepare your elements now?
come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. You may stand in body or spirit. And all together, please. God, God of, of love, love, you abide, abide with us. us. Your, Your loving presence stills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves in those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. The stewards will go around to collect the cups, the empty cups. So, welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church where free stands for first, realize everyone's equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you're welcome here regardless of your sexual orientation, your gender identity, your economic status, or any of the labels the world puts on you. So to those of you who are visiting us for the first time, or to those of you who come regularly, welcome home. My name is David, and I'm the service leader today. So if you're new with us, um, we invite you to keep in touch. Um, by, you can scan this QR code or go to fcc.ly slash welcome. And there you can leave your details and one of our staff or pastors will contact you and find out how we can better serve your needs. We also have a newcomers meeting on the last Sunday of every month. So that will be on the 26th of March, right after the service. And so this will be a chance for you to get to meet some of our pastors and our leaders and find out about our history, our theology, or have any of your questions answered so if you'd like to be part of that, you can email info at freecomchurch.org. So now we'll continue to worship God with our giving. There's two ways you can give. Uh, you can scan the QR codes above or on the chairs in front of you. And these go to the general fund, which goes to pay for our expenses. Primarily, it's actually the salaries of our staff as well as the operational expenses of the church. And the other one is the building fund, which goes to pay for the mortgage on this property that we're in here. You can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia, and that does charge a 1.5% platform fee. But we're grateful for giving in any form, so please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, you provide for us all our needs. You give us our daily bread, and more than that, you give us your very self, your love, and your spirit that dwells in us and enables us to be your light and your salt in this world. So Lord, may you bless this offering, bless this portion of what you've given us that we entrust back to you, that this may go out and do your work in the world to bring greater justice, to bring equality, and to reach out to those who are hurting and in need of your love. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I invite the stewards to come forward to take up the offering. If you're here on site and you would like to drop some cash into the bag, Please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you.
So as the stewards are going around, we have announcements, uh, and we do have quite a few announcements today, so I'll try to be quick. But in a way, this is good, right? Because sometimes if you're new in a church and you're wondering, well, how can I get connected to the community, get to meet more people? Well, there's lots of opportunities for you to do that coming up. So maybe you might want to take part in some of these activities. So the first one we have is uh, Exploring Wellness in Faith, and that's actually happening today. Um, as well as the following two weeks. So um, we still have open slots today. So if you haven't signed up, but you would like to be a part of it, um, you still can do that by just showing up today. So let me read about um, what this is about. Okay, so it's uh, called Wellness and Faith. And this is a workshop that invites people to explore oneself in the background of faith. So participants will be encouraged to explore the practice of letting go and deepening their journey in faith. Uh, and they will be guided to appreciate the value of support within a group setting while allowing each person to experience various activities in their own way. And this will be led by uh, Jose. I believe he's in the back there. He has 30 years of experience working with people, and he's led similar workshops such as Language of Love and the Power of Now. So this will be held in small groups of between 6 to 10 people. And as we said, you're still welcome to attend today's workshop because there's still space. Um, but you can also sign up for the next two weeks at the QR code above. Uh, another thing coming up. So Reverend Ao Yang, who's a friend of FCC from Taiwan, will be coming to Singapore to... Actually, I'm not sure is it online. But anyway, he will be leading this talk on uh, reading the Bible using our minds. Okay, it will be done in Mandarin, but there may be English translation. That we're not sure yet. Depends who's showing up. Okay, but it's on Friday, the 31st of March. 20, uh, at 7.30 p.m., and it's, uh, it's going to help us to learn how to read the Bible, not literally, you know, to read it and understand it beyond just what it says. Okay. We also have an interfaith iftar. So iftar is uh, where I guess they break fast, is the practice of breaking fast after Ram during Ramadan. So this will be held on the 1st of April, 6 to 8 p.m., and it will be uh, sponsored by Kwasa, which is a Singapore-based LGBT Muslim support and advocacy group. Um, and it will be, the location will be at FCC and on 1st of April, 6 to 8 p.m. And you can sign up at this QR code or go to fcc.ly slash interfaithiftar. Baptism and membership class is also coming up. So we usually do this at Easter. Uh, so if you haven't been baptized, but you would like to make that public commitment to, to, the, uh, to God, then you can sign up for the class, which will be held on the 29th of March by scanning the QR code or going to fcc.ly slash baptism. And you can also become a member of FCC. Um, you have to have completed SEED, which is our intro course for new members. But if you've already done that, then yes, we welcome you to be a member, which will allow you to vote and take part in um, certain AGM activities. Holy Week is coming up as well. So there'll be four special services coming up. Palm Sunday on the 2nd of April, 10.30 a.m. Maundy Thursday, 6th April, 7.45 p.m. Good Friday, the uh, Friday, 7th April, 10.30 a.m. as usual. And then Easter Sunday, 9th April, regular time, 10.30 a.m. And then if you feel like during this Lenten period, you would like to spend additional time with God, we'll be having an extended time of praise and worship which will be on the Sunday, 2nd of April, 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m., right here in this sanctuary. And then a church retreat. 
Now, uh, I love these church retreats. Okay, when I first joined, uh, when I first came here, they just happened to have a church retreat. I went on it, and I was like, wow, I got to meet so many people. And I still look back on that as like, wow, that was a really fun time. And so here's another church retreat coming up, 2023. Uh, it'll be at the Batam Harbor Bay, Batam Swiss Bell Hotel, which is uh, very easy to get to. We'll just take a ferry. Uh, and then the, the immigration is right there at the hotel. Um, so you can register by scanning the QR code or go to fcc.ly slash church retreat. And we now have the room rates available. So for three days, two nights, with all the food and the transport included, um, the cost is for a single room is 400 per pex. For twin or triple, it's 350 per person. And then there's additional cost if you have a child uh, with a bed or with, with no bed. Yeah, I guess they're sharing your bed. <laughs> uh, the retreat will be, uh, held, uh, be um, conducted by Reverend Maria Ling, who's a friend of Pastor Miyak. Uh, she comes from Toronto, Canada, and she's, I guess she's a priest of Grace Church there. And her husband, Dr. Lim Sui Hong, he's a professor in sacred music. So he will also be at the retreat conducting some workshops on music for the worship team, I believe. And then lastly, we have Lunch Kakis again. So Lunch Kakis is our church's way of extending hospitality to people who are new. Like when you look around, you think, oh no, I don't have anyone to eat lunch with. We provide someone for you to eat lunch with. So today's Lunch Kaki is Angela, and she's up in the hive right at the back, waving up there. So if you uh, don't have anyone to eat lunch with after the service and you would actually like to, then just go look for her and then we'll, she'll, go to the, she'll bring you to the nearby hawker center to eat lunch. And so now uh, we also celebrate our birthday babies so th for March. So I invite Pastor Miak up to pray for our birthday babies. <laughs> That's you, right? Yeah. One of them is me. And we I'm trying to see who else is here. I don't think any of the rest are here. But and these are, we have the birthday dates of these uh, people because they are members of FCC. But some of you may not be members, but might be celebrating your birthday this month as well. And we would like to invite you to come up if you are, if you are willing. Nobody else. Anyone shy. born in March? Just me? <laughs> no, I may, may be shy. Okay. Well, it's okay. Then I pray for you and those, uh, everyone who is celebrating a birthday in March. God, we give, thanks, we give thanks for all these beloved friends, siblings in our community that you have blessed us with. We lift them up to you and we pray for a year of growth, a year where they find your love flowing through them into the world so that they will impact the world in the ways that you have called them to do and you bring through them the kingdom of God. We give thanks for how you have blessed them with different gifts and may they use their gifts to bless the world. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we going to play or the... Because I need a compliment. Happy birthday, right? Or just sing a cappella. Thank you. I think just play. Yeah. Uh, can. Then everyone join in, right? 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Before the benediction, I, I want to add on something uh, because uh, we didn't. What we always do as a community is that we want to be inclusive. And we want to be a community that is able to support one another. And I'm very, very um, moved. Last week when I announced about the retreat, right, I had four people reach out to me to sponsor folks who are in need. So far, people haven't come up to me and said they need sponsorship, right? So I want to invite those of you who are considering to coming um, to come uh, look for me. Uh, Pauline isn't here this week. Um, to, to reach out to me and, and we can have a chat about how we can um, support you um, to make it, uh, you know, to be able to financially bless you so that you can be um, part of the retreat as well. So we want to be that kind of community that is really living out our values and what we say. First, realize that everyone's equal. May I invite you to stand as in body or in spirit to receive the benediction. So, beloved of God, know that you're loved no matter what people tell you, no matter what labels people put on you. Jesus says, you are my beloved. And so, knowing who you are as a child of God, knowing what you've been blessed with, go out into the world so you may do the work you're called to do so that God will delight in the work that we bless the world, the work of love, the work of justice, the work of compassion, that we may bring the kingdom of God into its presence in the world. So go in the name of the one who heals the name of the one who loves. Go in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week. And stay back for the cake. <laughs>